was your week this week? It was so busy. Oh my God, what is happening? Who am I? Um, yeah, uh, I don't know what happened this week. TBH. There was, I mean, there was so much. There was the house. Mm-hmm. There are these trinket boxes we're making. There's some, I don't know, landscaping we're planning out. We're trying to buy a camper van. Just so much stuff is happening, y'all. You guys so are always much. doing something. I love it. We really are. We're attempting to, at least. How about you? What did you do this week? You know, I think from now on, anytime I think I'm really busy, I'm just going to think, you know, there's always Brittany, and I'm going to feel much better. I'm sure you are. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Same. I literally told Clay today, who is my partner, everyone, uh, I was like, you know, we get up in the morning. You have your cup of coffee, cup of, cup of cafe. <laughs> you have your cup of cafe, and I have my cup of tea. And it's already like, okay, so what we have to do today is, but, 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 so I have to meal prep, and you have to do this, and you can't forget to finish that project. And then we have to call these people. And I'm like, wow, where's the romance? Where, like, where's anything anymore? We sound like little robotic people who just list off shit to each other. So this is what our life is turned into, and we love it. So wait, do you have to schedule in love time? That's honestly gone out the window, but yes. <laughs> yes. Like tonight after we record, it's love time. Because <laughs> sometimes yep. Sam's like, hey, he looks at me with like those eyes. And I'm like, really? Right now? I'm like, can we, can yeah. we pencil it in? And he's like, right? you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, see, uh, I rule the roost. So I do the penciling. But yes, I totally feel you. At times, yeah. he'll, be like, he'll try and touch me, and I'm like, not now, babe. He's like, oh, okay, see ya. <laughs> he just kind of goes away <laughs> somewhere into, like, a dark corner. I don't see him for a while. He's really cute. Oh, that's really cute. <laughs> I know. He's the sweetest. He's the so sweetest. Sweet. So, Have you... yeah. Oh, so I meant to tell you, I've been watching the show called Yellow Jackets, and it is amazing. You've got to watch what it. What is it about? Tell me more. It's from, like, it's, like, based from the 90s, these girls that, like, had a plane crash like going to like finals for a soccer finals thing and they had to live in the wilderness but something crazy happened I'm not sure what yet but um but then it goes like back from there to like present time when they're grown up and all this crazy shit is happening and it's so good (laughs) Ooh, you know I should get into a new show I'm currently just watching reruns again for like the eighth time of Downton Abbey it's my no. guilty pleasure. I mean, have you ever watched Downton Abbey? No. That's what <laughs> I thought. So for all the people out there who do love DA, I'm your girl. I'm with you. I'm watching it for the sixth time. It's fine. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. We all have our yep. Oh, and Dexter. New Dexter's on, too. And that's pretty amazing. Wait, there's new Dexter? Oh, there's new Dexter. New blood. Yeah. You what? have to. If Legacy like continues? Yeah, go on my go, go on your profile on our Hulu, yeah, and just yeah. hype in Dexter. <laughs> you know, on your Hulu. <laughs> I'm so okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody wants to know. Tasha is signed up for every single <laughs> subscription out there when it comes to movies and I don't know digital media. I don't know what we even call that. I feel like that, like, okay, so anytime, like, a new show comes on, I'm like, ooh, I need to watch that, and then I forget to cancel the subscription. <laughs> yeah, well, lucky me, I have every single of the 14 passwords. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my entire TV setup is just Tasha Garb, Tasha Garb, no, it's just all of your logins. It's all amazing. of them. Yep, okay. all of them. Hey, everyone. Okay. Welcome. Hey. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to us play true crime with Tasha and Brett. Tasha yeah. and Brett. Tasha and Brett. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> that is the best. I'm telling you, you're gonna get a contract one day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I goddamn hope so. These lungs, these pipes are worth something. So, what are we talking today about today? Today, we're going to talk about some hauntings in New York State with a side of true crime. Right. Ooh, beef with the mashed potato side. I like that. Yes, with a little bit of gravy. You're giving me the full entree. Okay, so yeah. Um, where in NY does this take place? So the first one I'm going to talk about is I'm going to start light first. Um, mm. 
and this one isn't like creepy or anything. There's not really any triggers except for murder. But the biggest trigger of all. (laughs) Oh no, I think there's worse ones. I mean, that's the end of life, but there's different triggers, you know, worse, I think. (laughs) Sure. My mouth is really dry, by the way. Um, Mm. I don't know why. I've been drinking like literally 80 ounces of water a day. But yeah. Oh, that's a good amount. You're supposed to drink half your body weight, an ounce. Oh, yeah. So I weigh a lot less than one sixty. Well, yeah, well, look not at a you. lot, a lot, but a little, you know, from my, from yeah. my height. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're you at a good weight. You're hydrating yourself. You're healthy. You're active. You're really winning in all categories. Yes, and I cut down on, I cut out the sugar. I started mm-hmm. watching my calories because I didn't like my, oh, and I'm doing a half marathon in March. So yeah, that's why I do <gasps> Yay! Yay, it hurts. <laughs> Mm, oh, I'm sure it does, but I'm excited for you. Oh, that's another thing I've been training for every other day. Three miles every other day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> three miles every other day. That's actually not too bad. Three miles is pretty doable. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, at, you know, when you first get on the treadmill, you're like, what the hell? Because I prefer outside, but it's snowy and icy. But on the treadmill, right. it's nice, yeah. Ooh, so, okay. Yeah. So half marathon. This is exciting. Yeah, so I'll let everybody know how it's going. Um, yes, keep us updated. All right, so now back to what we actually are podcasting about. <laughs> <laughs> right, not Tasha's run, but no, also very run. interesting. It is, it is. Let's know how it goes. All right. Um, the first one I'm going to talk about is the New York State Capitol in Albany, which is really weird. I didn't know it was, it was haunted, but um, it was built... It was. It started being built in 1867 and ended in 1899, so it took quite a few years to build, and um, and it cost 25 million dollars to build, which in today's money would be. Hold on, I wrote it out because I suck at numbers. 837 million 192,771 dollars today. <laughs> Did you get that? Damn. <laughs> So what's that? Almost a billion dollars. Might as well just round it up to a billion. Yeah, it's it's monies I don't have. That's what I know. It's a lot of taxpayer money. I know that much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's lots of monies. Lots of monies. Yeah. Um, probably how the depression was started. Just joking. Um, done, done, done. Not joking. <laughs> it took six architects to design and look over the construction. One of them was. I mean, I'm going to name them because some of them are pretty. Um, they're pretty interesting. Thomas Fuller, he was from Canada. Philip Hauser, uh, I don't know, they didn't say much about them. Leopold, Leopold Edelitz, I think that's how you say his name. Um, mm-hmm. He's from New York City. He also made the P.T. Barnum home called um, Iron, Iron, <laughs> Iranistan, I think that's how it is. I-R-A-N-I-S-T-A-N. Yeah, I'm going to go with Iranistan. It looks like I looked it up. It's like a, it's like a cartoonish drawing, but it looks like it has like the mosque type, you know, top of architecture, you know, has like the, okay. the bubbly tops, you know, I don't know what you call them, but yeah, kind of like that. Like a, like a dome? Yeah. Like a dome. Mm-hmm. Okay, with a little thing it. on top, you know, <laughs> a bubbly dome with a piece of tinsel on top, you know, <laughs> something like that. This, I'm like talking with my hands. Like everybody can see me, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, though you can't, I think you can imagine it, y'all. We'll draw it for yeah, you and we'll put it in the show notes or something. Yeah, yeah, probably not, though. <laughs> yeah, probably not at all. Not with, our, not with my drawing, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> then Harry, Henry, Harry, Henry Hobson Richardson, he's American. And Isaac G. Perry, he's also American. He made a lot of buildings around New York State. Um, some are still up. He made the New York State inebriated asylum this is where drunk people went the renamed binghamton state hospital it was the first in- institution to treat alcoholism and mental and mental disorders in new york state so pretty oh, interesting yeah so interesting yeah so there's a little bit about that i'm also mm-hmm. in on instagram if you look at our page i'm gonna in, include a lot of pictures about all the hauntings we talk about today but this place in albany is gorgeous I told Sam, like, can we go visit the state capitol? He's like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> well, you're so weird, random. And I'm like, it's so pretty. Like, 
the walls are like so are like I think they said like five feet thick imagine mm. walls five feet thick I mean what oh, the hello hell? insulation mm, yeah so warm and cozy nothing's gonna bring that thing down and oh yeah also safety right <laughs> yeah <laughs> safety that helps and like yeah, the carving there's so much crazy things in there if you if you look in there also there's one um that's uh the double stone carving story um and um it says if you can find the demon on your own without help from another you are the yourself the devil and so there's this carving of a devil face and the the person the curator whoever the person giving the tours can show you where it is but the person I went with him was like you know he showed it to her she goes wow I didn't even see that and he's like well good and that's what he told her he's like well I should be happy then because that means you're not the devil and um, oh lord these superstitious things I tell you well these stone carvers were from the UK Italy and Scotland and they and they were like the best of the best they all came to do these carvings and Mm -hmm. at the end of like the you know end of the you know term completion of the building they were told they can do their own kind of carving. So, you know, some did, you know, family members or, you know, something that pertained to them. And yeah. so one of them, you know, just had a little, had a little uh, devil in them. <laughs> oh, so one of them chose de- a devil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be so our this, friend. He would be. <laughs> You're like, tell us yeah. more. <laughs> Hello, sir. Mm, you want to do me next? Mm. <laughs> My face, I mean. Oh, man, that doesn't sound right. You know, still saying. All right. Yeah. yeah, all right. So, you're saying. <laughs> so, one night, a tour guide saw a dark shape fall to the floor. When she ran to check on it, there was nothing there. And she investigated old newspapers and discovered that when the building was being constructed, a fruit vendor um, was depressed over his finances. So, he committed suicide, jumping and falling to the courtyard on the courtyard stones oh so, i'm like yeah. why is that the way you choose i mean that's so sad i mean just in general suicide i'm you know we're not gonna go down that route but like no that sounds hard it's no very hard but you yeah. know <laughs> it's a hard landing y'all you have this fruit vendor who i'm sure has to pay taxes meanwhile this billion dollar building is being constructed and he's probably looking like this fucking place is taking my little pieces of money for what for this shit you know and yeah I mean have you seen the um what's it called in France the it reminds me of the not the Venetian that's in that's in Vegas Versailles yes it kind of reminds me of Versailles (laughs) okay perfect glad I picked that up (laughs) glad you read my mind Uh it's it's a skill (laughs) <laughs> in 1878 a worker fell from scaffolding while plastering the ceilings in the state assembly room it was found two days later on a monday um which um so that means he must have fell on a saturday and he was still alive but died shortly so there's and there's still like sightings of this they think it's him who died um so it still haunts the assembly room oh, and no. um yeah in William Morris Hunt, he made two murals on the ceiling of the assembly chamber. The murals were etched into sandstone. They were called The Flight of Night and Discover. In 1911, a fire broke out and destroyed both murals. But before the fire, the murals had to be covered because of structural concerns or damage. When Morris found out, he became depressed. They found his body shortly after in 1879 in a New Hampshire pond. Some think that he he haunts this chamber people have reported cold spots and rattling of keys so it could be him or somebody else because because he was so attached to that and they think the reason why he committed you know a lot of suicide in this another trigger sorry um the reason why he um drowned himself is because they covered up his works and the murals took i think at least 10 years to do because they were etched they weren't painted oh, or anything. of course such yeah. hard labor so his like basically his legacy that would be there forever has not been covered up, and so and then the other person it could be which makes more sense is a watchman named Samuel Abbott. So when the fire broke out, he tried to open windows and um, lessen the fire, but unfortunately he tried he died trying, which you know, my God this guy's like a little hero 
there's like this cute yeah. little man I'll post this picture but you know it was first that wasn't to let me save myself his first that was let me save this building and so it's kind of sad well it is very sad wow what a hero yeah now here's some crazy stuff the fire destroyed 270,000 early American documents but did not touch the building's massive Native American collection not even the hair on the medicine masks so all okay. that was we fine. love this we love yeah. this because, yeah. you know, karma, you know why y'all, you know yeah. why, but it, mm-hmm. either way, um, no way. But crazy. Right. Yeah. It's like, karma was like, you know, fuck you, America. <laughs> yeah. Literally like actually. You. Yeah. But you know what you did to people is fucked up, you know? Right. Uh, so so yeah. we're going to turn the tides here. We're going to preserve some native yep. American culture. Okay. Exactly. Well, not mad at that part, but still. Mm-hmm. That's it for that. You know, nice and light. Yeah, super um, light, easy, digestible. Yeah, this one's going to be kind of light, but not really. So this one has um, the burning of a family, so just a trigger. Oh, that's, yeah, not light. <laughs> okay, no. Uh, it's called, it's, um, it's this one's in, in Palmyra. It's called the Palmyra, Palmyra Historical Museum and General, Museum and General Store. So it's Okay, my idiot ass was like, Palmyra? Like Palmyra, Syria? Oh, there's okay. Palmyra, Syria? <laughs> Okay, I'm not going to say who's the idiot now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yes, I mean, no longer because of ISIS, but that's not the story we're going to tell today. But yes, oh. okay, so there is a Palmyra Syria, but tell me about the New York Palmyra. Palmyra Historical Museum and General Store. Uh, so it's two, two places um, on the same street. Like literally, there's maybe a house in between. I looked up on Google Maps. And um, it was... It was a, the general store was constructed in 1826 and renovated by 1875. The mm-hmm. store was a boarding house, a tavern, bakery, and general store. It was like everything. And it was owned by William Phelps, then passed on to his son, Julius Phelps, who left the business in 1940. Um, he left everything as is. Um, it was untouched, and the business was never sold. And when you go in, you'll still see the Tide, the Old Tide, Velveeta, Arm & Hammer, Heinz, Pickles, Kellogg's Cornflakes, and the eggs are still in the carton. Of course, none of the stuff is edible anymore, but literally right. everything was left and nobody touched it. They, I mean, they left, it was left in the family, so they even decided not to touch it. Nothing was ever changed. Like, you go in there, you're going back to 1940. It's crazy. Right, um, so what happened to the family? So, um... He had one daughter named uh, Sybil Eugenia Phelps, who was born in 1895. And, you know, there's him and his, him, his wife. But um, so his daughter was very, ta- very talented. And I mean, they just lived upstairs in the family home. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess they just decided not to run it anymore for some reason or another. Um, Sybil was talented. She played the piano, guitar and organ. She took acting classes in New York City in the 1920s, but came back because her money ran out. So I'm assuming daddy stopped funding her. So I get it, girl. I had these moments yeah. too. He's probably like, you know what? Business isn't going so good. And I think when was the depression? Like around the 30s? 1920s. 1920s. Okay. So that could be um, the reason why he stopped funding her, you know? Yeah, um, for sure. I, I think... Oh, no, I think you're right. 1930s, actually. Didn't it start 29, August 29? Yeah, so around that time. Either way. Yeah, either way. But I mean, there's always like finance, uh, a financial financial crisis that comes before that that people can usually read. And maybe that's why he did that, just to keep as much money as they could. And mm-hmm. um, But anyways, but while she lived there, uh, she she studied spiritualism and also kept in contact with circus performers, musicians, actors, and actresses. One of them being, being Greta Garbo. She was an actress from the 1920s to 1941. So she knew a lot of people, even though she didn't pursue any of her acting things, you know, or mus- musical huh. talents. Yeah. She, um, she never married and, and never added to her home. So she never even renovated. She always dressed in clothing from her time. She died in her family's home in 1976 when she was 81. Uh, the home never had electricity or running water, but she did have 15 cats at the time of her death. So, yikes. <laughs> oh, I kind of love that she's the cat lady because, like, I'm pretty sure that's going to be me one day. I know, but imagine the stench in that house, the emote, I mean, from the pee. I mean, there's no running water. Mm, true. This is of a different time. 
Yeah. So, anywho, the yeah. this historical, huh? No, no, no. I said yes. Like, continue. No more cat poop talk. <laughs> so, this historical home is haunted. There are stories and sightings of Sybil, Sybil's father, Julius. Um, according to Bonnie Hayes, she's the director of Palmyra, um, a director of historical Palm Palmyra, I'm sorry, says you can hear Sybil's footsteps on the stairs, uh, doors creaking, and the cats meowing, which that wouldn't bother me. I'd be like, you know what, Sybil, show yourself to me. Let's talk. And a little kitty. Yeah, and also, like, let me pet your cats. I'm cool. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they ate her body when she died. You know, you read that somewhere, and now that's all you talk about, and it's not <laughs> normal. It's not what cats do. They're not just like they waiting do. to drop dead, and they're like, "Oh, let me at it." That's not how yeah, it no, they do. I heard it on. Um, I think it was on. Was it on Crime Lead? No, uh, Cult Leader, or was it on Obituary? They were talking about how, like, when you die, I think after like several days, they'll go and eat your body. Any animal doesn't just not a cat. I mean, even a gerbil will go eat your body. Okay, I believe it, but I also refuse to believe that Pepper Rabbit, my cat, will eat me because we have such a bond, okay? Oh, Pepper Rabbit will divulge you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when secretly she's, like, poisoning me through my food in order to make me drop dead and eat me. <laughs> That's fine. That is sweetness fine. is arsenic, bitch. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. She will be the death of me. Just kidding. Aww, no. Yeah, we love her. <laughs> such a slut she is. Anyway. <laughs> In 2007, a birthday party was thrown, thrown for Sybil's celebrating her 112th anniversary of her birth. Um, Damn. Media, yeah. I mean, they love this woman. So mm-hmm. she was a big influence. Not, I don't know if she was an influence, but just like um, basically like a marker there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mediums attended her party and sensed a lot of spirits in the house. One of the mediums, a, past, a pastor named Lynn Dean Denny, um, tried to contact Sybil, but was continuously being interrupted by another spirit. She said the spirit kept pacing in anger in the room, so Dean Denny suspects it could be Julius, the father, who happened to die in that room in 1964. So, the father's probably, who the hell are these people? They're in my house. Get out. Damn it, Sybil. I told you about your friends. <laughs> right. And your cats, Sybil. Your cats. Yeah. And also this pastor being also um, a psychic. That's also, that's awesome. Or yeah, medium, like I you're mean. really, you're dipping your toes in both ponds and I really enjoy mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, 132 Market Street, it's right next to the general store. This is where it's going to get a little dark, a little very dark. And um, on December 20th, 1964, firefighters were called to a bungalow which was an apartment they called it a bungalow uh which i kind of like on 132 marketplace um it reminds me of dirty dancing you know when they go to each other bungalows anyways yeah right (laughs) it's just very exotic and tropical i understand yeah um they were called to a fire the fire was so bad um not only a chimney was left standing unfortunately everyone who was left in the home perished they found the Braden family who moved to Palmyra from Tennessee in just a short time. Ruth, Anna, with four children, were huddled together in a basement deceased. The other two children were found um, the next day in the ashes. The family was looking for a house to buy and was temporarily staying in the rental. Um, the, fa- the father, Paul Braden, arrived one hour after the fire broke out with a moving trailer hitched to his truck. He was going to move his family to Chicago, where he found a job there instead. Um, at first, he was told that his family had escaped, so he searched the community for about, you know, for a while. And then seven hours later, um, they told him that his entire family had died. So, really sad. Wow. Yeah, like, that's just, mm, mm mm-hmm. Mr. Mrs. Breeden, the mother, she was 26, so extremely young. Uh, yeah. The children, Marion was eight, Dennis was six, Susan was five, Mitchell was four. Sharon was three and Samuel was two and she was extremely young even having these kids it was like one after another you know but his entire family just gone so extremely sad so a lot of um a lot of negative energy just on this one land you know yeah of so, course so much uh yeah tumultuous stuff yeah so then a building was constructed on top of that land right there and 
So they that's where they have the Palmyra um, Historical Museum. Now, on um, oh lord, um, do people not ever like? Do they not get that you shouldn't do this? Don't build on top of dead stuff. Just they saying. Actually, they didn't even know. Well, then they knew, but it got forgotten somewhere in history, which I don't know how you can forget something from 1964. But oh, they end up building on top of it because real estate is real estate. And um, so I was watching my ghost story. It's season three, episode 10. If anyone else watching, it's under holiday hauntings. But Bonnie Hayes, the historical um, director, she's actually in that mm-hmm. episode. And she said, like, you know, she would go in there. When she first started, she would go in there. And she heard um, footsteps, she heard running, she heard a woman crying, like sobbing. And she was so freaked out. She ran out of there, she went home, told her husband, even though she sounded crazy, but then she's like, you know what, let me do some digging and see what happened. And she's the one that actually found the article that was, you know, you know, to see what happened. And then after she found out it was the children of the mother that died in that fire, she's like, you know, I'm no longer scared. And she has since made a part of the history of Palmyra so yay we love her she's amazing um but she does have pictures like of ghostly like figures like they take pictures and there's orbs there's um even video of like weird little like shapes just darting across rooms and um but yeah she uh and then every that sounds very Lizzie Borden, doesn't it? Like, have you ever seen those pictures of the Lizzie Borden house? I haven't seen pictures of Lizzie Borden house. But I oh, there's right some there. weird stuff that goes on there. You can see, like, little outlines in the windows and stuff. But, yeah. Um, yeah. You'll be spending the night alone. I heard you say that. I'm just going to ignore it. <laughs> Why can't we spend the night? Nobody wants to spend the night there with me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to, like, egg that on. Hell no. What do you mean? <laughs> No, we all put some salt around our bed so we can't, you know, be touched. I already <laughs> live in a 115-year-old farmhouse. I really don't need any other weird stuff happening. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to carry Lizzie back with me. She's not allowed. Okay? No. No, I, I kind of like Lizzie. <laughs> I'm sure you do. And that's why you're going to be staying all alone. And when you call me to help you, I'm not going to help you. Just kidding. I'd be there in a second. Okay. <laughs> To end this story on a good note, I do have uh-huh. two others. Yeah, I have two others. Um, so um, to end this on a good note, every Christmas, Bonnie just, she does hang up stockings for the spirit children. So she has little stockings oh. with their names on it. Yeah. Bonnie, I love Bonnie. Let's hang out with her. Bonnie's great. <laughs> yeah, and also great name. Like, let me tell you the amount of times I thought to name my child Bonnie, just saying. Yeah, Bonnie's a great name. It's a great. It's so hippie. I feel like you're born in the 70s, Bonnie. I feel like mm-hmm. you might have smoked some weed. I don't know. I feel like you might like a feather or two in your hair. Maybe a dried up daisy. I like Bonnie. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody loves Bonnie. <laughs> That's all. That's my profiling on Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, and the cause of the fire was never determined. So we don't know where it came from. But oh, I don't think they had... No. Um, I don't think they had those kind of investigators back then either. Yeah, I don't imagine someone could do like, I don't know, a DNA swap and like <laughs> really go yeah. around the dirt searching for stuff. But you know what? I really love the story because in the end, the spirit mm-hmm. folk have their justice and their love and they're not forgotten about. And I think that's nope. adorable. Definitely not forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is the Ro- Rolling Hills Asylum. It ran from 1827 to 1974, and this was originally um, this was originally the a county poorhouse. It would mm. home orphans, fa- orphans, families, destitute older people, handicapped, mentally disabled, mentally unstable. I'm sorry, uh, morally corrupt, and criminals. It was originally called the Genesee County Poorhouse, and the asylum was ready to run by 1827. Now, I'm just going to read you um, an article that they put out. And it was kind of like, oh, my God. And it was making me go crazy inside because, okay. um, I mean, I know it's like from a different time, but okay. All right. So this is the article. I'm going to read it verbatim. Okay. It appeared in the issue of Batavia Times newspaper, December 9th, 1826. 
It said, notice is hereby given that Genesee County Poorhouse will be ready for the reception of paupers on the first day of January, 1827. The overseers of the poor of the several towns of the County of Genesee are requested. In all cases of removal of paupers to the County Poorhouse to send with them their clothing, beds, bedding, and such other articles belonging to the paupers as may be necessary and useful to them. The following were eligible for, eligible for assistance. Habitual drunkards. Lunatics. Oh, one, yeah. One who by disease, grief, or accident lost the use of reason from old age, sickness, or weakness was so weak of mind as to be incapable of governing or managing their affairs. Paupers, a person with no means of income. State paupers, one who is blind, lame. I don't know who the hell is considered lame. Old or disabled with no income or a vagrant. So <laughs> that was that was the article. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. So at first when you read the article and you said poppers, I thought poppers, the things you stick up your nose. Kids, don't do it. Second, I'm so glad you went through the whole article because now I realize that's not the case. No. Third, Mm -hmm. it's interesting because things like lame, like, you know, back in the day, if someone had a bad leg, you could consider them lame. Mm -hmm. You know, that is like the, the definition. But like that and mentally unstable or whatever the verbiage was, it's like, how do you know? Like, what kind of testing are you doing? What is the what is the guideline rubric principle that you're going off of for this? There was none. Basically, if you were poor, if you were poor, this is before the social security system. So this was actually common everywhere in the United States. Mm-hmm. So if there was sure. no social security to give out, no welfare. So they're like, hey, stick you in this house. And the people who had actual um you know, disabilities, like if they had Tourette's, they were shackled in a basement because they thought they were morally disrupt because people who have Tourette's, you know, they have no control over what comes out of their mouth. And unfortunately, they didn't understand that. So they just, they were morally corrupt. They would stick them down there. Uh, other people who, you know, are maybe depressed or bipolar or whatever would just shack them up, you know? Yeah. Um, others, uh, you know, that could... Um, that were fine that just had to live there so they can just all contain them into like one area um they were made to work the the lawn you know work the area to basically to offset their expenses and um to earn their keep so it was okay for some people but not okay for a lot you know what i mean right sure yeah um and um In 1820, another building was constructed to house lunatics and a repository for paupers who um, committed for misconduct. And um, so that was a separate building. So to keep like the extremely like probably volatile people away from the people who weren't, you know, maybe violent, you know, so to keep them safe at least. Yeah. But still, I don't think they still knew how to manage them because just keeping them one area just creates more chaos. Exactly. Um, yeah. And um, also everybody that was part of this, that was, you know, told to go into these asylums or to the poorhouse were called inmates. So if you ever see somebody referred to as an inmate, it's because that's how they were defined as they weren't, you know, you think of inmate now and you're like, oh, they were there in jail. Right. But back then, everyone that was in there was an inmate. And um, the cost to care for each person was a dollar eight in 1871. But still, that's only $24.61 in today's money. So either they were just cultivating their own food and everything so that they could live off the land, or they weren't being taken good care of because, you know, that's a DoorDash meal for me. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, understandably so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The people who died there were buried by the county, but then forgotten. Um, They have over 1,700 documented deaths, but hundreds are undocumented. And in June 6, 2004, a memorial site was dedicated to those who died so they could be remembered. So that was nice. Oh, that's a beautiful little silver lining. Yeah. So here are some ghost stories and their potential owners who own these spirits. Um, Wait, what? So. Owners who own the spirits? <laughs> you know, the people who, like, the, the spirits and the people who were the spirit. So when they were human, the oh, owners of the spirit. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, I can purchase my own spirit now? <laughs> I told you I didn't want Lizzie. <laughs> hearing me, Lizzie. It's fine. It's fine. If I could purchase a spirit, who would you purchase? Audrey Hepburn. Really? 
Hell yeah. She's like my, my long lost best ever. You know, I love Audrey. I know. I love Audrey. So she's gorgeous. She's a beautiful, not even beautiful, like to look at, but like a beautiful human being, like yes, just amazing just all around. Soul. And she wasn't yeah. like really, you know, like she was so pro- abundant in so many areas of her life, but not her love life. It was really tough for her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just want to be her girl pal and be like, it's okay, baby. We got this. You know? Yeah. She was really, if she wasn't really dead. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It'd be Audrey. What would yours be? Who, who would you choose? Steve Jobs. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's a power move. I see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love me some Steve Jobs. He's an amazing man. He was an asshole, but he's an amazing man. I love his brain. Yeah. Yeah. His brain works really well. We all benefit it from it. Voila. Yeah. Isn't he, is he, wasn't he Syrian? Somewhat Syrian? Half Syrian? Something like that? I know. I know he was adopted. I'm not sure what his nationality was. I just remember hearing a story of one day when they made like the um the iPod and they were like, We can't make it any smaller and he dropped it in water and he was like, You see those bubbles? You can make it smaller. <laughs> Good on you, Steve. Good on you. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, Steve, it's obsolete now. It's in our phones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's right. It's obsolete. You know, I will say the one thing I took from Steve Jobs, of course, had to do with fashion. He had the same outfit every day so he didn't have to think about curating right it was always that black turtleneck and then like a pair of I don't know slacks jeans whatever yeah and I thought that's so brilliant because it's true Mm -hmm. if you have your uniform and you just wear it you don't really have to worry about anything that's already one area where you're like I got it it's done let's do the real thinking now you know who else did that right well I think she copied him Elizabeth Holmes you know who that Uh, is yes 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 It's Elizabeth Holmes. Mm, I didn't know that she did that. She did. She ended up changing to that, like wearing that every day and drinking a green drink every day. But anyways, that's a story for another time. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, y'all. So uh, we want to know who you'd pick as a spirit buddy. Uh, Let us know on Instagram or something. Um, Something. Those are great little stories. It always excites me that New York has all this rich, mystical, spiritual energy. It's really it lovely. It has a lot more. It only took like four though. So yeah, or else we'd be here all night and we all have lives. Yeah. Yeah. We all know y'all only have 45 minutes for us. So we got it. Yes. <laughs> um, well, that's so, beautiful. So Roy, he um, uh-huh. he was a son. He was an, an inmate. I'm going to say inmate in quotes because that's how they classify them. Um, uh-huh. Roy was a son of a well-known New York banker. He suffered from, suffered from gigantism. His family was embarrassed by him. So oh. when he was 12, okay, they lived 12 years with this boy and sent him to an asylum because his features embarrassed them. I'm like, you fucking assholes. I hope you went broke. <laughs> Y'all, we'll take him, okay? We will yeah. love him. Fuckers. Um, he lived there until he was 62 when he died, and he was known as being kind and gentle and loved to offer music. So, yeah. So, Roy's ghost. We think it's Roy's ghost. Um, Sharon, she is the owner of the building now. She says she ran into a rat, and when she saw the rat, she screamed and, like, ran away. When she came back, I believe the following day or later, um, she saw the rat was killed and bloodied, like, left on the stairs, and there was a large handprint on the wall. So she thinks that um, it was Roy Ooh. because he wanted to, um, you know, he was always known to like help people, I guess. So maybe seeing her in distress, he killed a rat for her. <laughs> um, and some That's a little, say, yeah, a it's like, it's because, yeah, it's like a lot the of cat energy. leaving the mouse for you. Like, I'm like, okay, that's cute. You're kind of giving me a gift, but like, also <laughs> feel like you're a human. Well, you were. Yeah. yeah. You're having really pepper rabbit tendencies right now. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Some visitors say they see a large shadow lurking around and they think it's Roy because he was the only one that was really that large. Um, another one was Nurse Emmy, which was feared. She was an asshole. Um, mm-hmm. And she said to perform satanic rituals on residents. So, Ugh, Emmy, mm-hmm. give it up. Reports have been made they can hear a crackling laugh coming from the infirmary that are thought to be from Nurse Emmy. That was her station, was from in the infirmary. Um, there's another room. It's called Hattie's room. Her voice was captured on a recording saying hello when she was alive. Matt, Hattie would yell hello all day to get the attention of staff. And um, But 
I don't know why they call it Hattie's room, if that's her name, or maybe that's what the recording said, or if they have it on records. Uh, when I was reading, I tried researching as much as I could. Um, in another source, there was a woman named Phoebe, Phoebe or Phoebe White. Her name is spelled P-H-E-B-E. I know Phoebe has like an O in mm -hmm. there, but maybe this is spelled different. Mm -hmm. um, Phoebe White was an inmate, again, quotes, from the age of nine until she died when she was 58. She was listed as idiotic and became blind when she was 49. So I wonder if Hattie is Phoebe. Um, I wonder if they're the same person. Ooh, you know? interesting. Mm -hmm. Wasn't sure because I saw that and I like kind of made a connection. Like maybe it's them or maybe a similar person. I don't know. Because you know, sometimes, you know, when you hear those recordings, they say, what is your name? It's sometimes yeah. close to the person's name or that's what they can get out. I don't know. Um, there's a shadow hallway where visitors see shadows everywhere um, in the men's dormitory. Some are even seen crawling on the floor when... I read the crawling on the floor that creeped me the hell out. <laughs> yeah, because oh you think like crawling on the floor. Yeah, and I just mentioned like these he, like these adult humans like on all fours like crawling like spiders and it just freaked me the hell out. I'm like, oh hell no. Yeah, very like the ring coming out of the TV. Yeah, Crawly. Yeah, that's not. No, mm, nope. Also, yeah. I could not research this at night because I tried to, and it freaked me the hell out. And I drank um wine to put me to sleep. <laughs> because this is how we <laughs> self soothe, everyone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you if you didn't listen to our episode two episodes ago, where it was just us drunk, you know, you wouldn't know oh that. But you know, go back and have a listen. Yeah. Horrible. So horrible. I actually pause. Want to do at least one drunken one a month. I'm just saying. Okay. Because I can't. Well, I can. I, once a month is fine. I can allow one drunken one, one drunken day a month. I can do that. Don't fool the audience like you don't get drunk more than that. But anyway, <laughs> well, it's, it's fine. <laughs> no, I can't until like the, I, I told myself no oh, shitty eating marathon? until the marathon. Yeah. I've lost like 17, 31, 32. I've lost six pounds so far. So. Yes, honey. Yeah. Love mm -hmm. this. Thanks. Okay. Since my yes. mom has left and she hasn't been feeding me all these horrible things. <laughs> well, when you have a Portuguese mom who cooks like your mom, poof, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be mad about it. <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> so good. It's amazing. Okay. Uh, sorry for that sidestep. Uh, yeah. So one wine crime a month, you were saying you mm -hmm. couldn't research it because you were <laughs> drinking yourself into a steamer. <laughs> well, I couldn't because I'd scare the shit out of myself. I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> I'd look at my door and I'm like, there's a crawly person who come through that door at any moment now. <laughs> This is, this is, yeah, this is great. We love this. <laughs> um, so the last one is the Canfield Casino in Saratoga Springs. Now this one has a little side of true crime. Um, it was originally called the Saratoga Club and was built by John Morrissey. This guy was kind of amazing. He was, uh, he was born in 1831 in Troy, New York. He moved to New York City where he became part of the Tweed Ring or Boss Tweed Tammany Hall Network. So I wasn't sure exactly what that was, so I looked it up, and the Tweed Ring was, um, well, the Tammany Hall is a democratic political organization, and the Tweed Ring um, was made in the late 1850s to the mid-1860s, and this organization openly bought votes, encouraged judicial corruption, extracted millions from city contracts, and dominated New York State, or New York City politics. So, yeah, so it's pretty, um, kind of like the political side of, like, being a mafia. Oh, okay, cute. Mm -hmm. He was part of that ring. And um, if you want to look into it, it's pretty interesting. It's, um, you ever seen Gangs of New York? Yes, great yes. movie. So he was, like him and two other guys, responsible for the death of Wild Bill. <laughs> but they, Whoa. Um, yeah, but um, they couldn't, They every time they went to trial for it, there was a hung jury. So yeah, mm. so he basically was like, cool, I'm out of here. And um. From there, he traveled to California for the gold rush. But instead mm -hmm. of getting gold, he decided to get gold a different way. He became a boxer and heavyweight champion. And um, That's one way to do it. Yeah. And this guy's still extremely young. Um, by 1861, he operated, operated a small gaming house, what is today on Woodland Ave. And um, in 1867 he invested $190,000 to build an elegant casino. And um, I think he was only maybe in his 30s by then. Like, wow. Younger than me. And that's a yeah. substantial amount of money. 
yeah, that's how much money he made from being a boxer and whatever else he got from, you know, the tweed ring. Um, yeah, so he was not a stupid person at all. He was extremely smart. Um, the casino was finished and opened by 1870, and it was run by Morrissey until he died in 1878 at the age of 47 from pneumonia. So, so it's really sad wow. that he couldn't, you know, get to live that long to see what he made. Um, but he did have three rules for the casino. No ladies, cash only, and no locals. Um, so this casino, no locals because they weren't rich enough for that casino or the gaming. Uh, it's a, He called it a gaming house. It wasn't really, he mm-hmm. didn't call it a casino, but it was a gaming house. I mean, they had rooms where people would bet $100,000 at that time, like gamble it away. And so you had to be like extremely rich, like $100,000, like a dollar to them, you know? Um, so it was people from all over the world would come see this place and, um, the ladies were allowed, but they were allowed in the library so they can talk to the other women about whatever they thought they talked about. Cause you know, they undermine right. women. Yeah. Um, wow. Because, yeah. And the casino was, was successful and made larger by future investors, but it was sold to the city in 1911 for $150,000 due to the anti-gambling what? laws of 1907. Yeah. So this was a huge, like, you can bring in, I mean, it was a huge attraction and it made a lot of money, but because of anti-gambling laws, they, um, they were fined, kept on being fined and ended up being closed down and sold back to the, and was sold to the city of Saratoga for $150,000, which is a lot less than what they um, initially even invested in it, you know? Right. Yeah. That's, oh, that's tragic. Because the guy after the people after invested more money, this they built on top of it. So this place is like, um, if you look at pictures of it, it was like it ended up being like, like a massive. It was like kind of like a massive building with nothing they'd never seen before. Wow, insane. Mm-hmm. So man, to think your legacy can just it can just go, y'all. It can just go. It can go. But the building's still there, and all these people are still remembered, um, especially Morrissey. If you go and visit, and all the stuff is still there, like. They have um, antiques. They have stuff from that time. So nothing was touched. Like it was, it's all still there. Um, and so these are the ghost sightings. And um, so nobody ever died there. That's the thing. But there's so much history. So I'm wondering if like, you know, the spirits had gone back to like their happier times. If that's where their happy place was. So um, let's talk. That's cute. I like, I like that. that. Yeah. Um, in the 1990s, in 2007, a visitor saw a woman dressed in a Victorian-era gown. She was going through the corridors, the, the ghost. And in 2007, a volunteer stated that it, the same woman, she thinks the same woman, came to her tour group, um, like giving a tour, asked a question, and then vanished. So they didn't elaborate on that. So I'm like, okay, was she the only person that saw that? Or did the rest of the group see that? Because if I was in that group, I'd be like, what the fuck? I didn't take any drugs today. <laughs> right. But also very inquisitive ghost. I appreciate yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And what was the question? I need to know the question. You know, right. Like, what, like let what us know. It? Maybe I can answer it for you. Exactly. What was so important she had to know that she had to use all of all her energy to, you know, just make herself present. Because it it does take a lot of energy, I heard. I don't know. I'm not a ghost. (laughs) Yeah, wouldn't know. Um, But I'm going to agree with you on that. Yeah. From 2007 to 2010, there was an increase in paranormal paranormal activity, such as a glass being smacked out of the patron's hand, lids of garbage cans flying into the air and onto the floor, um, smell of cigar smoke when no one was smoking, objects that have been moved after they were locked away for the night, uh, freezing temperatures or cold spots, hostile energy, and strange occurrences. Um, Whoa. Okay, speaking of cigar smoke, did I ever tell you, or did my mom ever tell you about Grandpa's cigar smoke? Mm-mm. Oh, so okay, y'all. We, we used to basically have a free tenement house, our family, right? Mm-hmm. And you know how Madrina lived on the second floor, right? Our godmother lived on the second floor. And then on yeah. the first floor, our grandparents. Well, mm-hmm. after Grandpa died... I'm just going to say our godmother instead of continue saying madrinha. Madrinha means godmother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In Portuguese, y'all. Um, mm-hmm. Our godmother went downstairs and she was cleaning out some of the stuff in the living room and the bedroom. And all of a sudden, grandpa's rocking chair, he had a rocking chair that he loved to smoke in, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, 
it started rocking and the Captain Black, because he used to smoke Captain Black tobacco, the Captain oh. Black smell started going on and on and on around the around the chair. She even went up to the chair to smell it. And then the chair stopped and the smell was still there. I'd be calling a priest. <laughs> you know, well, you know, that's her dad, so I don't think it's yeah. you know. <laughs> and my dad visited me from the depths after he's gone. I'm okay with it, Pops, you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And my mother one time when she was teaching in school, because she was a uh, special ed bilingual uh, preschool teacher, she sat at her desk. She was having a tough day. And then all of a sudden, she like looked to her left or something because she felt like some energy and the Captain Black smell started like infusing all around her. Well, um, he was um, Titia, well, that means auntie. And she's my mother. She's my godmother. (laughs) She, um, She was his favorite. Yeah, she, um, my mom he was. He babied her. Yeah, he babied her more than anybody yeah. else. Yeah, he did love her. So maybe he visited. Okay, continue on. He did. He probably did. <laughs> All mm-hmm. right. Um, in 2010, the show Ghost Hunters explored the Canfield Casino. They discovered most of the paranormal activity on the third floor. They also experienced hair pulling and touching while recording. Okay. Mm. So my theory could be my theory on who the hauntings could be from is. On the third floor is the Walworth Memorial, Walworth Memorial Museum. <laughs> yeah, let's try that again. <laughs> <laughs> Which is where most of the paranormal activity comes came from. So you might be asking, who is the Walworth family? And at first I was like, do they mean the Walworth family? You know, like Woolworths? <laughs> but no. Uh-huh. Um, so <laughs> only you would think that you got it wrong yeah yeah I'm like you got it wrong guys um they were a political influential family the father Reuben H. Walworth was nominated three times to the U.S. Supreme Court by President Tyler in 1844 but the votes were never confirmed by the Senate um he was also Chancellor um, of New York from 1828 to 1847 and so a Chancellor if nobody knows which I wasn't sure what it was either it's basically before they had like a judge and jury he was the judge and the jury. Mm. And he just was like, nope, you're guilty. That's my, that's my decision. I'm sticking to it. I'll have that you That doesn't sound biased at all. Not <laughs> at all. If he did not like you or like your looks, if he's just having a bad day, you're, you're dead. You're dead. Um, Got it. Yeah. He had four children. Um, Mansfield, Tracy Walworth, Ellen Harden Walsworth, Walworth, which was his stepdaughter. Clarence A. Walworth and Rambina Hyde Walworth. Um, now, Mansfield Walworth, his son, he was a lawyer and also a writer. His writings can still be found online and in print. His books were described as dark, and I assume that any true crime enthusiast was in, would enjoy it. I mean, one of his books included basically the, the poisoning of like 30 people on the Senate, and they died, and then they don't know where the poisoning came from. It's the basically in their food or something I don't know but it's like okay <laughs> you have a colorful mind you're re- you're writing about mm-hmm. this but I'll say he has a colorful mind because there's you'll see why he's also um a confederate um sympathizer so this is during the civil war from like the from the confederate and the uh, what do you call them? the union and the confederates mm-hmm. yeah so he was confederate sympathizer he was um also con- talking to a confederate spy but he bought himself out of any legal troubles, but he was told to stay in Saratoga at his house until the war ended or else. So yeah, that was his warning. And he did stay. Um, done, done, done. Well, mm-hmm. staying in your mansion, it really isn't a bad gig, you know. It, it really isn't. Um, and in 1852, he married his stepsister. <laughs> oh, honey. Okay, okay. It's fine. It's step. All right. Gross. Ellen Harden. But... <laughs> Well, he, was, he, was a, he was a dick. Oh, wait, you said his step... No, so that's not sister by, by blood. Okay, yeah. It's, a, it's well. a stepsister, but, you know, you know, I never... You know, my mom, like, my dad got married to um, my sister's mother, and um, my brother never looked at my stepsister like, hey, and she's pretty. She's a pretty blonde, but, you know, like, he's never looked at her like, hey, so what you doing tonight? He's more like, you know, yes, that's our I sister mean, now. <laughs> We praise the beings above that that didn't happen, of course. Yeah. It's not not the normal. No. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess it's actually legal in every state but Virginia. So, Virginia cannot be. progressive Virginia. All right. (laughs) Um, So, but he was um, very mentally and physically abusive to Ellen. 
but they oh. still managed to have three daughters and two sons. And she was a great mother. She, this woman was amazing, and you'll see why. Um, but they ended up divorcing. Mansfield moved to a boarding house in Manhattan. By doing that, he cut off. Um, he, he was cut off from his inheritance and his family. So, um, in retaliation, he sent his ex-wife threatening letters stating that he would not only beat and kill her, but also the rest of the family. But mm. Ellen wasn't receiving any of the letters. Her 19-year-old son Frank would retreat, would get these, you know, get these letters and read them and never show them to her. I mean, he loved his mother so much. Was like, I'm not going to make you go crazy, you know. And he had epilepsy, right? Thing. So on top oh, of having epilepsy, yeah. So on top of having that, he um, and I'm, I think stress kicks in that epileptic behavior, you know, or the the sense of whatever happens, right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm sure stress will trigger it. Anyway, so he was reading these letters and I'm sure was scared um, and he had entered raged. So um, on June 2nd, 1873, he bounded a train from Saratoga Springs in Manhattan. And um, Frank asked Mansfield to visit him the following day at his hotel room in the Struvescent House in Manhattan. And um, Mansfield, you know, was going to his hotel room where he met his fate. Frank shot him four times with a Colt revolver, then turned himself into the police custody and said, and confessed his crime. And he's like, I, I killed my father. And here's my gun. I did it. You know, case closed. And um, Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when he was 20, he received a life sentence for second degree murder. He was sent to the tombs until they could, you know, until they can give him a trial. He was sent for second degree murder. So I have noted here, Ellen the Warrior. Ellen was, Ellen was hellbent on getting Frank a pardon on the grounds of insanity. So she studied law and graduated and received the pardon that she wanted for her son in 1877 by Governor Lucius Robinson. So she became a lawyer just so she can get her son out of jail. I'm like, whoa, this woman is amazing. Um, so she's extremely smart. And um, unfortunately, Frank died in 1886 from a lung disease contracted while in prison. So he didn't get to live that long, only like 11 years. So unfortunately, Frank died in 1886 from a lung disease contracted while in prison. So at least he got to enjoy 11 more years of freedom with his mother. And, um, but yeah, that was the end of the family tragedy. But, okay, so because of all the tragedies surrounding the family, there might be some, I'm thinking might be some residual, if not active energy attached to the items. Um, Mm. According to collectorsweekly.com, People who own people who own antiques that are haunted make them feel cold or anxious, or that the item gives them dreams or dreams or images of the past. Um, others oh. claim to have, yeah. Others claim to have had heard voices from the piece, or a particular smell, or the items um, on its own. And um, so, funny story about this: when I was younger, uh, me and my cousins decided to go down the street, down the house, or down the, down the street um, in New Bedford, where it's abandoned. It was abandoned. There was, like, nobody living there. And I think the people who owned it just died. And so, do you know which house I'm talking about? It was no, because y'all wouldn't ever kittens. let me come, and I was too young. Uh, no, 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 no. I don't even know if you were born yet. Yeah, you, yeah you probably were not, because you're old as shit. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was, like, maybe that eight seven or eight something no like that. then i i had just been born i was like a year old yeah, yeah you were still a babe babe and yeah. um, and so we went to this place and we broke in and it was this eerie feeling like it was just weird and it smelled oh, old chills. and so we took stuff not anything big like, Tasha! Just like yeah i know i took stuff okay well i took the You're stuff an asshole i child. brought it home okay but listen I brought it home, well, to Vavah's mm-hmm. house. Vavah means grandma, sorry, to my grandma's house, our grandma's house. And, you know, that night I had these dreams of like this devil, this bloody person chasing me down, up and down the street. And, um, what? Yeah. And then I asked our cousin, Jen, our cousin, and um, I was like, did you have this dream? And she was like, yeah, I had that same dream. So I don't know if she really did or just said it to appease me. Maybe she did. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, probably the latter. Yeah. Well, you know. 
<laughs> we're kids and we're stupid. No way. So I was like, fuck this. I uh, grabbed the Ziploc bag that I have full of trinkets that I stole from there and ran back to the house and like threw it at the house. I'm like, here, have it back. And then I was fine. <laughs> Good, because it was telling you. I strongly believe that this can happen. You know, like there is energy that is charged. Yeah, yeah. And it lives in these things. I mean, wow. that That's pretty incredible. I also have a story that's very long that I will not share today of haunted pictures that I acquired in Portugal. Um, oh, yeah. That, we'll do that another great. time, though. So okay. I believe you. Scientists try to debunk all ghost stories. According to Michael Schumer, he was a um, he's like a scientific writer. Um, he said verbatim, when neuroscientists stimulate the temporal lobe of the brain, they can create a sense of presence in the room, as well as feeling uh, as a feeling of oneness with the universe or an out of body experience or near death experience. So the experience is coming from within and not out there. So yeah, mm. I'm like, mm, mm. Mm. maybe, maybe, but I don't know. I don't know. Because, know. because if my brain can make something fly, I need to fucking, I need to get in one with that, my, my temporal lobe. <laughs> or my, I yeah, mean, my temporal lobe. You know what? Everyone's entitled to their opinions. Science is real, everyone. We understand that. But it also, is. you know, I've seen, felt, and heard some things, I tell you. And no yeah. scientist is going to make me feel otherwise. Mm-hmm. According to spiritual teacher and psychic Sylvia Brown, she claims that an object can't be haunted, but it can have negative energy because everything has energy and some energy is very strong, which I do, do agree with. Everything is energy. Money, people, objects, they're all energy. This um, universe, everything, yeah, sure. Everything, yeah. Um, so I believe I can go down a rabbit hole on this, but, um, but still, I was flying through the air. Um, where did the energy come from to throw those things? And I don't know. What do you think? I mean, if you see something flying off, you know, your, your mat, your, what do you call it? I'm looking at my TV stand. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> if you see <laughs> something flying, <laughs> I'm like, what do you call that thing? Um, but if something flies off of there, it's not my brain doing it. How do you explain that? You know, you can't. No, no, absolutely not. So it's like, okay, science, what do you think? You know, can, can you explain that please? So but um but yeah that's all i have and so i tried to do as much digging as i could to see you know why these places were haunted and the hauntingness of it but yeah i just decided to make it nice and light and not murdery today how'd you feel about yeah. it yeah well you know semi-light semi-not light whatsoever uh <laughs> no they were all great i think i think here's the here's the story y'all Ghosts are real. Mm-hmm. Be nice mm-hmm. to them. Don't steal their shit. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. And like, that's it. That's the moral of this story. Yeah. Just don't steal shit. Um, that's it. But also, I think because I have school and you're so busy, we're going to come out with a new episode every two weeks. So every Sunday or Monday, you'll be getting a new episode. I felt like we needed more of like a, I don't know, like a pat, like we call it a pattern or cadence. A cadence. Huh? A cadence. Yeah, a cadence, whatever that word is. I hate that. I don't know. <laughs> a cadence. C-A-D-E-N-C. Cadence. What? Oh, man. All right. Well, we're going to go teach Tasha English. And yes, yeah, please. every two weeks, you will be blessed with this mess. Um, yeah. And next time, will be wine crime. It's going to be wine crime. I'm declaring it. I have to go buy a bottle of wine, damn it. You have two <laughs> weeks, honey. You got two I weeks. I do. I think I you do. can manage. I drink all my wine, so I would not drink any more wine. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, that's how it's done. <laughs> how to get rid of your wine? Drink it all, duh. <laughs> right. Because you can't drink it all. Because you don't want to drink it all, you're going to drink it all. You know? Exactly. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's totally fine. Well, y'all, till next yeah, next time. Yeah. And if you, um, if you want to get a hold of us, if you want to, you know, give us some Call comments. me baby. Oh. Hey, you can also like and subscribe to our show. Share it with your friends. That would be great. That'd be awesome. What do you think, Brittany? That'd be so amazing. I think you should like, yeah. subscribe, and share me. And also As if comment. I was a commodity to trade. What? And also comment on our podcast on Apple. You know, you can yeah, comments and reviews. Yeah, tell us what's reviews. up. Tell you, us if you what like do you us. love. Yeah. What do you not Even love? Even if you don't like us, we still want to review. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. But like also be nice, okay? Just like be nice. We love you all. It's cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's all good. On Wednesdays we don't wear pink. Um I don't know why I said that. I mean girls just yeah, like my, in my head. My tree is pink. My poor tree. I know. Her, yeah, that's the ugliest effing tree I've ever seen in my life. Whatever. My tree is the best. A hot pink tree, y'all. And like you think it sounds cute, wait till you see it. We'll post a picture, oh, maybe. I'm gonna post a picture. My tree is everything. Yeah, let's pull this. Who agrees with Brett? And who agrees with Taj? New York City wishes they had my tree, okay, in their little center where you roller skate or ice skate, whatever. Are you talking about Rockefeller Center? That's it. Oh my. Okay, I'm exiting the podcast, y'all. We'll see you in two weeks. We'll have some wine. We'll have yeah. some stories, and it's going to be a great time. It is. It's going to be about a rapist, so I hope you, you come back for it. Yeah, unless you're triggered, then, like, we understand. No, don't, understand. don't come back for it if you're triggered, please. Yeah. Yeah. But we hope Love to you. see you back. Love you. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.